My mother's financial trauma has influenced my life in some surprisingly complicated ways. Like most parents, she vowed that I would never, ever experience some of the painful financial situations that she's had. And in her role of raising me, she absolutely kept that vow. So when my parents divorced, we actually ended up moving to, of all places, Boulder, Colorado, one of the wealthiest towns in the United States. It regularly lands on the top places to live, visit and exist lists. Then there was a point where we moved and we ended up moving to Denver, which often ends up on similar lists. My mom was able to gain access to scholarships for me to attend sleepaway camp. Like in the movies, I went to Camp Chief Bureau, which was a wonderful experience. I went for, I wanna say eight weeks. And this camp is outside of Winter Park, Colorado. It's absolutely gorgeous. I was actually, at Camp Chief Ray at Winter Park a couple weeks ago for cross-country skiing. Incredible experience, and I was feeling, I was all in my feelings about that. Anyway, the current price to attend Camp Chief Ray right now for two weeks is $1,875. And again, I was there at that time for eight weeks. So it was a very expensive experience, but I got a scholarship because she applied for it. I did Outward Bound for a month where I lived with a tiny group of feral teens as we traversed and made our way across the, the Rocky Mountains backpacking for 22 days. And currently the same program still exists. Right now it's $6,595. It still was expensive back in the day when I was participating in it. What my mother didn't realize in providing me these opportunities again, almost all of them with scholarships, was that there was an impact to how I viewed the world, like a financial impact. And as an adult, I spend a lot of time thinking about this and really trying to be self-aware as I work on my own financial mistakes and financial issues and advocate for other people in the personal finance space and just advocate for people out there in the world who can't advocate for themselves. I thought I would talk about this in the following episode. And by the way, no virtue signaling is allowed. I just wanted to share some thoughts. One of my favorite things to do is to find financial tools and products that make reach your money goals so much easier. Cube money is one of my favorite financial tools that I use to save towards different goals. Cube works as a digital envelope system and is paired with a Visa debit card and app. You basically transfer money into your FDIC insured account and save towards your different financial goals. That cool conference you would like to attend in the fall, set up a Cube money account and begin saving towards it. The charitable giving you would like to do during the next holiday season, set up your Cube account and start saving. I'm a proud affiliate of Cube and think it's a great financial tool to add to your money toolkit. Go to michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash cube money to find out more. Cube is spelled Q-U-B-E. So again, it's michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash cube money. ask you a question. How does financial classism show up in your life? 
either your financial classism or how other people treat you based on where you work, where you travel, and yes, even based on what you eat. If you're in the personal finance space, these subtle prejudices are just something that you need to be aware of because it impacts how you view the world and the content you create. Americans will often say that we don't have classism here. Like it's a thing, like people say this, but we really do. And it's often intertwined with subtle racism and sexism. I'm not even gonna touch on that in this really short episode. What I will do is share a couple of stories about how living a financially complicated life has impacted my financial decisions and my financial classism. I'm gonna share a story. When I was in eighth grade, my mom put me in private school. This would not be the first time I attended private school, but in this case, this school was a country day, a country day school. And it actually has, has, it's still in existence. It has extensive grounds for the students to enjoy. I will never forget two specific events that really stood out from that period of time. I still remember these things. The first was when my mom's car, a stunningly classic blue Mustang that I, I wish she still owned, died in the parking lot when she came to pick me up. I'll never forget it. I was wearing tan booties from Kmart. You know those cute but plastic booties? One of the upperclassmen ended up having to help out my mom and recharge her car. They have a car that to this day, I'm not sure what that car was. It was some kind of I don't even know what their car was. It was some seventy dollars or $80,000 car back in the day. To this day, I remember how beautiful it was and them charging my mom's car. The other moment that stood out was when the school's chef, and it was a chef, made seafood Newberg for lunch. It was the most delicious school lunch I've ever had to this day. Delicious bits of seafood wrapped in flaky pastry goodness. What's interesting is to ask my mom what she remembered from that period of time, which was something different. She remembered something that I said in passing about a homeless woman who I do believe was black. She said that what I had said about this homeless woman had disturbed her so much that she knew that would be the only year I would be attending that school. One of the things I think about also is the fact that there weren't that many homeless people in Denver at that time. It was very unusual to see homeless people, unlike now. And so for me to say whatever it was that I said that upset her was a big deal. And it had a lot to do with the kids that I was around and being in Boulder before going to the school because you would have never seen that. And I probably heard some ridiculous comments from these rich kids and I probably believed them. And my mom was like, not on my watch. This isn't the kind of kid I'm raising. She decided that I would only attend that school for that year because she'd worked too hard for me to become an asshole. We all have our financial classism that comes out in different ways. I still do. But does that classism come out in such a way that you're putting other people down, not being self-aware that financial classism even exists, or deciding to ignore your financial privilege when you have it? Everyone's financial classism shows up in different ways. In fact, here's what I don't care about. Right now, these are things I don't care about. I don't care about the type of car you drive, designer labels, your bling bling. I could care less. I don't care about your weird bougie trip to Aspen because quite honestly, I don't like Aspen and I don't like Vail. Luxury travel, 
it's not my thing. I, I mean, it's nice, but it's not something that I'm like, oh my God, I have to luxury travel. It's not, it's not my thing. But what I do seem to notice and pay attention to that triggers my own financial classism would be where people travel to in general or what kinds of activities that they do. There's a reason why I share so many ways to do certain activities for free or discounted because that's where my interests lie or how people's financial choices impact others. I care about how you do a thing and how it impacts others. Sometimes it feels like I'm a financial vegan, which is annoying, but I try to keep it to myself. Financial classism can happen at any point on the financial scale, whether you're wealthy, poor, or somewhere in between. We all have financial classism. I found that people using their financial classism as an excuse to mistreat other people, put down other folks' accomplishments, or as an excuse for a belief that is rooted in racism or sexism is really annoying. And it happens all the time. I see it on Twitter in particular all the time, on TikTok all the time. Confronting our own financial classism, quite honestly, isn't a cry to be perfect. It's just a call to be a little more self-aware, myself included. I also think about how my own financial classism impacted my previous financial choices and is currently impacting my financial decisions, my future financial decisions and my current decisions now. Here are some examples of what I'm talking about. I don't eat fast food. I've never really liked it, not even as a teenager, but that means I'm eating organic or locally sourced food. So there's a cost to that. I love going to the mountains to hang out. There's a cost to that. I love traveling and travel factors heavily in the things that I enjoy. That costs money. Even the work that I'm doing provides me many financial privileges and it's disingenuous not to talk about or acknowledge this. So why this podcast episode, this super short, let's talk about it. I just wanted to admit that I struggle with the same prejudices that everyone else does. I'm not perfect. I'm just not. Don't forget to order your copy of Not a Financial Unicorn to be released June 2022. Or if you're interested in the behind the scenes conversation specific to the writing of this book, don't forget to sign up for my Buy Me a Coffee monthly membership where I will share bonus content connected to this project. Are you a financial classist? Feel free to share your financial classism and how it shows up in your life judgment-free because we all have it. Thank you for listening to the show.